Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. And I'm going to take you on a journey of rich storytelling through our now 40-year rich history. And I invite you to sit back and listen to these eccentric stories. But don't forget to take a few notes along the way because these eccentric stories are going to have tricks and tips to get you to that line come summer. So sit back, enjoy, and then we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville. Well, Leadville family, I hope you enjoy this one today. It's with my buddy, Eldon Fatty Nelson. He was the creator of the Fat Cyclist blog. He has a couple books out that he's authored, and today he does the LT100 Mountain Bike Podcast with Hottie. So it should be a lot of fun in this episode. Here we go. Eldon, I know you as fatty. Every time I see you, I scream fatty. And we are now at a point in time where I think people may not understand exactly why. So let's go down memory lane and get that answer. And as I start with my with most of my guests, you don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. So Eldon, when did Leadville find you? Ah, uh, boy, let's see. So a lot of questions there. I, I, I think Leadville found me f- through a friend through Mike Ferentino, right? I, I think in either the first or second racing of the Leadville 100, Mike Ferentino, fantastic writer, uh, talked about his experience. A friend of mine read about that, said, this is a race we have to do. I had been mountain biking for like two months at that point. I sent in an application. It was way too late. Uh, the next year, I sent my application in a FedEx envelope and back then that was as fast as you need to be and i got in and i have not missed a starting line since okay that's super awesome um also during this time uh so what year do you think that was exactly yes so you're talking 95 at that point i think so let's see so this will be my 25th start yes It's, it's 2023 so that would be 98, I guess, would be my first okay. my first year. I, 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 25th start, but I have to be clear that I had a DNF in 2009. So I, it'll, with any luck, it'll be my 24th finish. Yes, of course. So you had started during this same time a blog, and it was called the Fat Cyclist mm-hmm. Blog. Do you mind sharing the story of why that blog was created, exactly how that mirrored your Leadville path? I had moved to Seattle to work at Microsoft, so a big, high-stressful job. Mm-hmm. My wife had just uh, had a mastectomy for breast cancer, and we had twin uh, two-year-olds. So my life was pretty high-stress. Yes. And uh, Oh, yeah, and I also had had um, Bell's palsy. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the right half of my face had stopped working for a while. Um, and taking steroids to get over that. It, okay. it basically... All of those things together, I put on, I don't know, probably 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Um, on a five foot seven guy, that's enough to make a big difference. And oh, for, for sure. For someone who loves climbing in mountain biking and, and road riding more than anything else, it really shows. Uh-huh. Um, so I put on a bunch of weight, 
and started a blog mostly for my friends uh, and to give myself some accountability saying, okay, you know, here's my weight today. Here's what I'm working on. And, you you know, just, I called it fat cyclist because at that point (laughs) that is what I was. Um, What I didn't expect is Microsoft, uh, you know, where I worked, but it was coincidence. Um, They picked up uh, my blog and put it on the home page of the browser that they, you know, the back then Internet Explorer was the thing. Right. And so my readership went from like three or four, you know, my friends per day right. to a couple hundred thousand for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, of course, most of those faded away, but sure. some of it stuck. And um, and I, so just through some happenstance, I've got some readership. And I've, you know, and I kind of, uh, I, I love telling stories, love telling the jokes, uh, love being open and honest about the difficult path that I was on at the time. And that was kind of it. You know, that was fatcyclist.com, uh, which I wrote for more than a dozen years. I, it's enough yeah. to I fill an, a, a very thick couple of books. <laughs> right. Well, and I remember that, you know, it did have a lot of humor to it, but I mean, you were talking very publicly all these mm. darker humor times of life or very just dark times of life. Yeah. And I think it just was super relatable um, to a whole lot of people. I remember that blog being as, as, as huge a part of our lives, mountain bikers, that is, as our social media giant platform of the time, MTBR, which you are also a big part <laughs> of. So, um, you know, that was, I just really loved it, but I really missed the blog. Do you have a different fun, fun project to tune into? We get into that, but I got to ask why you quit doing the blog. Like what made you you know, give up the writing part of it? Sure. that That's a great question. And one that I actually ask myself a bunch. I, I you know, you, you change. I mean, I was in my early 30s mm-hmm. when I started that blog. And mm-hmm. now I'm in my mid 50s. Right. It's, I, I went from being a pretty young man who had an extraordinary amount of energy. I would come home and I just had to write. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I really felt that way. I went from being someone who loved telling jokes and loved writing, um, you know, the, the gags of cycling to loving to tell stories of racing and of riding and of training to later now, really, I love hearing stories. I, I would rather sit and listen to you tell me a story of your ride than to, you know, to tell you yet another story about yet another one of my rides. So it's kind of like... It, it all centers around the same place, but what I care about has changed, and it's I'm more interested in hearing than telling now. That's a super interesting aspect. I love that. Mm. Fortunately, and we hit on it a second ago, uh, before you gave up the writing, you did produce two books. So, <laughs> why don't you tell us about what those what those projects were like, what they contain? And if if you can still access them today. No, sure. Uh, I I did two best of books from the fatcyclist.com days. And it was just my favorite, uh, favorite stories. Uh, the first one was called Comedian Mastermind. And that was just sort of a tongue-in-cheek gag based on 
uh, actually a piece of hate mail that I got from someone who said, you may think of yourself as a comedian mastermind. And, you know, he went on to explain why it wasn't. But I was like, well, there's the title of my book. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, the, the second one um, it, it is more of a... Um, it is more about stories, more about racing and writing and telling stories. So there, uh, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm blanking on the title right now. It's been well, it's I have been the first years. one, so I'm yeah. blanking on it too. For that's the okay. The first one was more popular than the second one. Maybe that's why there wasn't a third. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So that's a bit about your writing and some of your past. But what about your writing? Uh, we talked a bit about your when when it started and how early it mm -hmm. started. What were your goals? What were your early times like? Yeah, uh, I will never forget my first Leadville 100 finish time. It was 10 hours, 37 minutes. And and the rig, too. I mean, with you, I guess I got. I can't leave that out. <sighs> okay, yeah, and you shouldn't. Okay, so once I found out that I was going to be racing in the Leadville 100, I kind of went over, you know, I went over the cliff of crazy in terms of geeky gear, and I've never come back off that cliff. Oh, right? we'll, we'll dabble into that more, too. <laughs> but, but for the, uh, I, I was a big fan of Ibis. Uh, oh, yeah. And they had just come out with the Ibis bow tie. Okay. Uh, a full suspension bike made of titanium and its suspension was basically based on a leaf spring that is the the down tube was the suspension the flexing of the titanium uh -huh. in the down tube was the suspension uh it was shimano xtr and you know of course this this predates disc brakes by a lot which mattered in 2000 uh, -huh. uh you you raced that year didn't you i raced for then 2004 okay it was my second race okay yeah those of us who raced in 2000 will never forget 2000 because that was the year that the sky <laughs> opened up i won't but... <laughs> forget it because i was running sweet <laughs> Oh man, I bet you have some stories to tell from from that. But it's it, it was many years of racing Leadville before we ever had disc brakes, and uh -huh. you, you, we would go through a set of pads during during the day. And you know, back then, you know, I finished. You know, I was a solid ten to eleven hour guy, uh -huh. which meant that you were likely to get caught in afternoon rains. Uh-huh. And, you know, so you, you needed to plan for that. In 2000, it was crazy. But, it, you know, now if it rains, you can still stop. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah then, it should that be wasn't an the hour case. at 1 or 2 p.m. Knock on some wood, one of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well let's let's hope that, <laughs> well, I don't know, 2022, things are looking, you know, we're recording before the race. We'll and they're looking, yeah, 60%. <laughs> Well, I am I am going to be packing a jacket. There will be no moment at which point I cannot get in a uh, a rain cape. But um boy, where were we? Uh so the I the Ibis bow tie was uh -huh. that was year one. The next year I had traded it in for a, another Ibis, but it was the Time Mojo. I, I yeah. kind of went to hardtails. And, you know, I've been all over the place with hardware since then. Uh, <laughs> this year, it'll be a Niner Air 90 RDO set up as a single speed. And we're for sure going to cover more on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, that's your early riding. That's your start. We're getting a little bit of spoiler on your end. But uh, so in the actually but that's pretty good lead into what my next question is cuz I want to know how the L how the Leadville Trail 100 has changed your riding 
Um, what was that first race like compared to this last? And on a single speed, that might be pretty comparable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that Leadville changed my riding. I would say that Leadville made my riding. Okay. Um, I have never been someone who has a lot of grace. I have never <laughs> been someone who has had a lot of power or anything like that. You know, if you, it, I've ridden with you on techie stuff and you're gone. I can't see you in, you know, five seconds after we start on a downhill. Oh. But <laughs> if we are going uphill uh-huh. and, you know, and we are riding for, you know, all day. Uh-huh. And literally, I've done 25 and you know, I've done 400, I've done 400 miles in a go on okay. my own yeah, before. Yeah. Once the day has gotten long, that's when I discovered what my gift is. I can grind out <laughs> the pedals uh, for, you know, pretty much until I fall asleep, which right. has only happened on the bike one time. Right. That was okay. a scary moment, though. I've had a couple of those <laughs> much shorter than whatever you were doing. You don't have to sleep long to find well, out that you were sleeping on the bike. <laughs> okay, no, you're not giving yourself enough credit. So let's talk about your times. How much have your times differed over mm. these years as well? I have, uh, I finished, I think at 1130 is my slowest. And that was, I think my second year when a couple of friends and I rode and, um, I or second or third year, but a couple of friends and I rode, and we, you know, once I figured out that a sub nine was not in the cards for me, I held up at an aid station until friends came in, and the three of us finished together, and that was memorable. That uh-huh. was really really cool. I, that was also one of the times I crashed in the Leadville one hundred. I uh, on one of the little whoopty doos coming down um, between Carter and uh, the Kevin's descent. Oh goodness! It's a bad place to do that. <laughs> not a great place. I don't know if there's a good place to crash, but I, I, I just, uh, I, I was goofing, uh, which uh-huh. is not a smart thing to do when you've got ten hours plus of riding in in your legs and lungs, and uh-huh. you no longer have any coordination. But yeah, I went uh, ass over tea kettle, and oh god, I, I got back on. It was I, I was bloody and muddy, and it looked worse than it was, but everything was fine. But so <laughs> I think eleven and a half hours that year. Uh-huh. My fastest is 812. Um, okay. And that I had uh, I had gotten a really good light bike. I had stopped caring so much about my weight. Okay. Um, you know, I, for so many years, I was like, I'm not going to be fast at Leadville until I get down into the 140s. You got to be in the 140s to be fast in Leadville. I was like 165 pounds. I'm five foot seven. Right. And I stopped worrying about my weight and started worrying about my power and about having fun and about going big. And I just, you know, I was in my mid-40s, which I think is kind of, you know, right in the sweet spot of the golden decade for endurance racing. And I just had a perfect year. I cleaned the power line that year, <laughs> which is not something that a lot of people ever do and not something I expected to do during a race. Right. But I was I was very proud of it. Well, I would be too. So, <laughs> okay, now you're all the way down in the low eights. You've had all these challenges thrown at you. You know, the way, you know, your, your past relationship, you're now doing the bike with a good number of years at this point. And... You gave a spoiler alert to this earlier, but you start riding a single single speed. Why would you do that, Eldon? I, Did you bump your head? 
<laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe it was the uh, it was uh, the header off uh, the whoop de doo on uh, on Saint Kevin's. No, I, I. It's because one of the one of my buddies slash heroes was riding a single speed, right? Yeah. And he talked to he talked a good story, and so I kind of got into that. And uh, before long, was finding that. Um, you know, I can't spin fast, but I can spin pretty good power and I can do it all day and I don't get as many saddle sores if I have to stand all the time. Okay. (laughs) So I, yeah, I I kind of did that. I think, I mean, I think. Was that buddy Kenny? That was Kenny Jones. That was Kenny Jones. (laughs) And, uh, I will never forget. He gave me the most valuable advice about the Leadville 100 that I've ever had. And that was, it is an eating contest disguised as a race. (laughs) And it's once I learned to eat on this course, uh, I found that that was true. It's okay. The more you can stuff in your face, the better you (laughs) you do at the end of the day but i think i mean one of my earliest memories was actually of single speeding was riding with you you and i <laughs> you were on a beautiful i think a titanium black sheep i remember advi- admiring that bike. oh yeah i gotta give that a shout gorgeous. out to my buddy james of black sheep bikes in fort collins he makes art on oh, wheels man, that is I, it, I i don't know if you still have that but if you don't you ought to go seek it out well, i miss <laughs> i miss my ibis tie mojo it's like the only bike i ever regret selling i but. don't have it but my buddy lee duncan does Okay. And I have seen it. And then my buddy Clay in Lakewood has his, so I get to admire his. And then my bu- my buddy Mateo still has his, but he set it up for gravel, so I see it in the winter. I hope to someday have <laughs> a black sheep single speed. I mean, your bike was gorgeous. I hope to maybe have a new one. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I, I think I need, when I, when I want, a, want one again, I think it'll have to be new, but. I don't know if I've bought my head as long as you have. <laughs> I came out of it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but the thing is, I mean, you and I—I I mean, it's just you know—you have certain moments, certain memories in this oh, yeah. race, and one of my sharp memories is you and I on single speed, and uh, it was just after coming down the power line, and that that long, frankly miserable grind uh-huh. until you get past the pipeline. Yeah. And you're on the flats. When you're on gears, that is fine. You can work with a bunch of people. Right. When you are on a single <laughs> speed, all you're going to do is spin out. And yet, uh-huh. for the first time, I mean, here's another guy. I didn't know that you were Ken's son at the time. I just thought, thought you were, you know, a guy on a, on a beautiful bike. Okay. And, you know, we started talking, and that was one of the great moments. And I, I swear, sure. a, a lot of my favorite moments of this race are the accidental encounters that you have Mm -hmm. where you start talking to someone and you find out it's like, you know what? This is my tribe. These are my people. This idiot thinks doing this race is a good (laughs) idea on a single speed. (laughs) Right. But uh, like for our Leadville family listening, I mean, that's a very good point. Like we always tell you, you know, to make friends with people out there when when you're in trouble and we need to help each other. But Eldon's got a good point of how many of our time spent together on that Mm. trail there. It was just our own stupidity and pain (laughs) that brought any problems, but we were moving quite well down 
down that little ribbon of dirt. So I think that was more on us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we have no one to blame. And we're not For trying sure. to we're not trying to assess who's at fault here. But right. it, it's right. uh I mean the fact is, you know, anyone that you come across and, and and this is true on the running race as well as the the riding race. For the Leadville 100, I always think about that, that as I pass someone or as I get passed by someone, I'm like, both of us have been working so hard for at least a year to be going to, you know, to be at this point and we're at the exact same point. There is no way that is the only thing we have in common. Right. And I think that <laughs> the thing I really love about what you said earlier about it being an eating contest mm -hmm. I mean, usually that's the runner description, and that gets a little lost on bikers, and they never get that advice uh, of getting those kind of calories. So I should acknowledge that early. Um, oh, we could talk about food all day. That, <laughs> yeah, that is, sure. uh, I mean, I, the uh, you and I both chased a sub nine finish forever. Oh, yes, uh, a I, long I, time. It was my fifteenth go at this race before I f got sub nine, and it was suddenly the light bulb coming on and me ex exerting some discipline. Right. I uh, told myself, and I set a, a little timer on my GPS to right. go every half hour, and I said, "Come hell or high water, no excuses. I am going to suck down a goo every half." hour. And that includes when I am marching up Columbine or when I am feeling terrible up the power line. Right. The, you know, the times when it is the easiest thing in the world. And for 15 years, I would tell myself, I'll eat in 10 minutes. I just can't right now. Right. And then you bonk 40 <laughs> minutes later and you try to eat and you barf and it, and the cycle has begun, right? right. The, the toilet has been flushed. Right. You, <laughs> that's it. And you limp into the finish line. Once I finally said, okay, I'm going to eat like I trained it. I'm going to put 100 calories into my body every half hour period. Right. And I'm going to nurse a you know high carb drink all the rest of the time so that I get between 250 and 300 calories every single hour. Right. Once I did that, Anytime that I haven't finished sub nine is because I'm doing something, you know, with another person or because I'm doing something for fun or my objective is different. But that was the difference that knocked an hour off my finish time. Well, and that's going to was going to be my next kind of thing is like, then once you crack that code, mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to keep cracking that code, isn't it? I mean, yeah. relatively. Yeah. You easy still gotta, <laughs> yeah, you still got to pedal those cranks all that way. And yeah. There's still all that mileage and so much that can go wrong. But, but yeah, like once you did it, it's you can revisit it. And you start looking for new ways to make it uh, interesting, right? Like <laughs> after I got sub nine, then I was like, well, how about a sub nine on a single speed? Right. You know, I had tried single speed before and I think I finished in like 11 hours. I don't remember what my time was, but I was like... It, should it be that much slower on a single speed? I mean, apart from the flats, it's like I'm, you know, I, I can power up this right. thing. Right. And, you know, I, I did. I, I think that the next year I did a, I think, 840 on a single speed. Okay. 
And I won. I won right. the single speed division. Right. And then the next year I did, or one of the years I did an 820 on a single speed. Right. And I didn't get on the podium. Right. <laughs> and that taught me a valuable lesson. I was 20 minutes faster and, you know, nowhere near the podium. It doesn't, in this race, you honestly shouldn't be thinking about racing against anyone. It's right. just the clock, right? Sure. It, how you do compared to the rest of the field, yeah, you know, that is not it under your control. It right. is it is you against the clock and with everybody that you see. Okay. So what do you, what do you think the penalty is? Half hour. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of on that same I mean I've been 45 apart but I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um for sure. Okay, so moving on. Here we are at well not totally on cuz you're still on a single speed. But okay, you're today. You're not really fat. I'm gonna keep calling you fatty. Thank you. <laughs> um, you're not really riding because you say you know you're not as interested in that. But you are spending a lot of time with your passions in cycling, but just cycling and another project. Hmm. You have some smooth voice Californian, and you guys started this LT100 mountain bike podcast. Now, if you hadn't heard of it, you've probably been living deep in the woods and far off the grid. But for those of you in that scenario, can you please tell your Leadville family about the podcast and why you do it? Sure. I am. I'm only talking to half of your audience, right? You mm-hmm. you are for everyone who's doing the, the whole Leadville race series, mm-hmm. of course. I, um, I've watched my wife do the Lead Woman. Um, it's not called that anymore, but I... Well, it is for her. It is for her. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, and that was one of the most awesome experiences of my adult life, watching someone, um, you know, not only finish that, but podium in that on her first try, mm-hmm. and her only try from what she says. But um, the leadville.fm is where it is, so I can go ahead and plug that, but the the Leadville 100-mile mountain bike podcast that uh, Michael Houghton and I do is based pretty much on uh, two things, that he and I have both done the show, or have done the, the race a yep. number of times. He's done it, uh, I think, half a dozen times. I've done it, I'm, you know, I'm, this is start 25 for me. Um, and we both are interested in storytelling. He has to boot a uh, has had a very uh, extensive uh, career in audio broadcasting, radio broadcasting. That was his life. You can tell when you hear him. Yes, you can. Right. He <laughs> he sounds so great, and he's got great production chops. Yeah. So if I am willing to do what he says when I get on the mic. I have great assurance that our show is going to come out sounding way more pro <laughs> than it has any right to be. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, yeah, it's so we have been for five seasons now uh, doing the podcast about, um, you know, about this race that right. we love, uh, in, including the year that the race didn't happen back in right. 2020. We, we were for a while going, well, should we do the show? And we're like, well, we still have stuff we want to talk about. Sure. And it's been, uh, it, it has been such a pleasure doing that and having a number of people when we come into Leadville every year, uh, come up and tell us, you know, hey, this has made my race better, or this is my first time here and we've learned a lot. 
uh, so that, you know, folks aren't, it, it is such a different world from when you and I first did this race and yes. really nobody <laughs> knew anything. Right, right. <laughs> it, no, it, for sure. And, and that's part of the stories with the run too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you learn just from hearing the story because things were so much different when you get those people that were involved so early on. Yep, that's true. Well, so, okay, why Leadville? I mean, like, what not only drew you into this world, but now what keeps you so passionate about mm. it? You're you're doing your media project around it. Your physical self is geared around it. Almost more than anything, always. So what keeps that passion? Man, that is a great question. So I, I, I won't ever forget you know, my first visit to Leadville, mm-hmm. right? And can you say that about too many places where right. you go? Um, you what know, was it, it? Put us in that experience, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, m- my friends and I had uh, reserved a couple of rooms at the Delaware Inn. Uh-huh. Uh, anyone who has ever been to Leadville and has not at least walked around and checked out the Delaware Inn has made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It is as cool as any museum. Um <sighs> And, you know, we're staying there and just the anxiety and the nerves are so beautifully and perfectly in contrast to the mellowness and country, uh, rural, chill vibe of the town itself. You know, we're just walking, you know, up and down Harrison. We've got these, you know, these tags around our wrists and we're looking at everyone else who was wearing those back then it was in, in comparison it wasn't that many you know but the first time i was well, there sure it was only it. 400 right. of us right? Right, right that's a corral now yeah that's that's <laughs> so, a little more than a stage race uh-huh. not not hardly at all yeah and i mean actually i did the stage race for the first time this year and that was yeah, kind of a cool was... thing is I, I i made that remark to someone at the starting line i was like this is about the number of people that I saw at the starting line of the first Leadville 100 I did. And right. it was, uh, you know, so it felt, it felt big. Nevertheless, 400 people was more than most mountain bike races I had ever yeah. seen. I hadn't seen a lot, but that, but that was the fact. And it then, uh, to do a race where I felt like I was really extending myself, but, uh, I mean, kind of artfully, I would say it is such a challenge that you feel like you've done something enormous, but not so challenging that it is impossible. Right. It is not a race where it is like you go until you cannot go, till you physically cannot go any further and you drop, right? right. If you work at it and you kind of reach into yourself, it is a race that I think a normal person, someone without necessarily extraordinary, extraordinarily pro-level physical gifts can get to and can finish. And then you feel pretty amazing about it. Right? Well, yeah, I think we've always tried to be the common man's not so yes. common challenge, right? Yes, that's I mean, a good way of putting and then, it. You know, if that guy, woman, they, them believe in themselves, mm-hmm. by God, so do we. Yeah. Let's do it. But we got to have a lottery because it's been a little too popular. But, well, I, I mean, we'd love to let everybody in, but that's just not feasible. I <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I, I've done all kinds of uh, thought experiments about how we could solve that problem. But, 
I, I, I don't know <laughs> if, if any of them are practical. I expect you've done right. the same thought. We've done the could same you, thought Could you do process. a Saturday race and a Sunday race? Uh, the best experience <laughs> is cutting back a little bit and mm-hmm. keeping a one-day race, I yep. think. It's the race, I think, has found its footing and its right levels. And little changes from time to time have been a good idea. I, yeah. Um, and that's that's the way to do it, right? The, right? the race as it is right now is not exactly like the race I did. I'm I, And there are some parts that I'm so grateful that is not. I mean, you remember... The bus, that, the bus creek thing um I, I true story the second time i did leadville 100 my brother-in-law who had, had, was also there the first time i had done it um he broke his handlebar on uh bus creek inbound <laughs> so he had done 87 miles of this uh-huh. 103 mile race and uh, just um, hit, I don't know if, I'm, I'm not sure what was the event that broke his handlebar, sure. but that was it. That was it for him. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was a, you know, so out of proportion technical compared right. to the rest right. of the right. race. Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, oh, I, it, I have, and I have, uh, I've slid out in the rain on uh, Bus Creek in 2000. You know, once oh, again, yeah. two, those of us who've done 2000, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a special year. <laughs> For sure. I'm glad, I'm, I'm pretty glad I was on a four-wheeler. Uh, well, so, uh, you know, with all that time up here and all those stories, what about Ken and Mary Lee stories? I've got, I'm sure you've got mm. a few of those that have lived with you. There are a, a, a bunch, right? I right. don't know if I have, uh, I don't know if you have the time for, <laughs> for all of them, but there are a couple that stand out. There may be, maybe they may be kind of in contrast to each other, but. I remember uh, one of the years I was single speeding it, and I don't think that was so important to this, but as you come out of the trees on uh, the Columbine climb and you get so that you are starting to look at the goat trail uh-huh. and contemplating the next three miles that right. are going to, you know, absolutely, you know, turn your life into a pinpoint, right? That uh-huh. it, where it is the most present you will ever be, <laughs> but it is... As I was getting to that, uh, you know, I stood up and there's kind of a rocky washed out part. Usually it, you know, there's no line because any rains change it. Uh-huh. And I cramped. Um, okay. And while I normally would be able to ride that section with cramps, no way. And so I swung a leg off and there was your dad <laughs> um, on, his, you know, just sort of, you know, heckling <laughs> i mean your your dad could be an insult comic he really could he, he, he i i don't even remember precisely the words he said but it was something along the lines of that bike is for riding son <laughs> get back on that thing well, even when i get up there that's i have the same memories because it's son they put pedals on that bike for a reason and then i look up and i'm going Dad, Dad, I really am your son. Oh, oh, hey, good job, good job, son. So, yeah, that's the same one I have too. Oh man, we we've all been. 
uh, we've all uh, sort of taken a little bit of a little bit of heat from that man up at twelve thousand feet. <laughs> but you know, on the way down, I was like, uh, I, I I think I I wanted to call attention to him. I was like, I'm riding now, <laughs> and it was something like, Well, what else are you going to do? Well, yeah. <laughs> so. so I got a story about that. Uh, Colorado School Mines Professor Chuck Stone, mm-hmm. good friend of our family. Well, he did just that. He was on his way down. He he didn't. He's a runner. He's not very good on a bike. He just had to wave at old Ken, and he went ass over tea oh, kettle. No. And we're real lucky to have Chuck today. To I mean, yeah, that was a real serious one. But I, the, I mean, <laughs> it, it is it is easy to pick up a lot of speed coming down Columbine. Oh yeah, and. Those of us who weren't uh, weren't gifted with great technical chops, uh, that that is the part of the race that scares me the absolute most. Once I am down off of Columbine, or you know, the first three miles of Columbine, uh-huh. I am always like, okay, the rest of the race, I'm golden. Right? There, it is. It, it there. Once I have come down power line, once I've come down the first few miles of Columbine. Uh, no more fear, and then right. it's just work, right? right? And I got plenty of work in me. <laughs> I'm I'm fine, <laughs> but it's uh, you know, the stuff that that I'm just frankly not good at. It's nice to have that behind me. Well, um, I'd rather keep the fear going and just keep coasting <laughs> all the way back to the finish line. <laughs> sort of different different styles. Uh, the, the the second um, so my Merrily story. Um, that one is. A way more, way more personal, and you know, just frankly, a, a good uh, story of her heart. She, um, it was two thousand nine. Uh-huh. Um, my wife, uh, I mentioned her briefly. Susan uh, had passed away from cancer um, uh-huh. in at the very beginning of August. I had been planning to not come to Leadville that year. She, pa- but Susan passed away. Uh, we had the funeral, and I asked my mom. I said. I would, I would love to get away and just, uh, you know, be around my people, do something I want, you know, do something for me. Right. And she was like, go, I got the kids. And so I took off and I got to Leadville and Marilee just gave me this hug and she said, I know what you've been going through. Um, and I honestly did not know she knew, but she knew and she let me know, uh, that woman has a lot of love in her. She's a yeah. great woman. She does. Yeah. She for sure does. Yep. So... Uh, oh, that's it, a... <laughs> that was also the year I crashed out. That was my yeah, DMF. Okay. <laughs> um, I had no business being on a bike that year. Um, okay. I, I was fit. I was actually pretty strong. I had been yeah. uh, I'd been riding to uh, expel anger <laughs> well, <laughs> that year. Um, I have a few of those, but it was more divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, those of us uh, those of us who have been through a season of riding angry. Um, you know, we've had some strong years from that, but I, my head was in a bad place and I, I I don't know if it's the right thing to tell people, you know, whether, you know, to check their head before they cross the starting line, but I wasn't in a good place and, uh, it was rainy at the morning and I was, uh, perhaps bringing a little more heat into the, uh, the descent from Carter on the pavement than I should have in the rain and uh you know head head not right uh road turned i didn't shot down off that embankment you know how steep that is i oh yeah it's uh, bad i uh someone found my sunglasses eventually and they were about 50 feet further down the 
down the embankment. I amazingly did not break anything, at least that I'm aware of. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I managed to, you know, I, I survived that um, and a good thing. But since then, I've uh, been a little bit more cautious, you well, might say, yes. it, about all of my writing and uh, thinking in terms of, you know, exactly what am I betting right. when I get out of control fast on a descent? Right, <laughs> so, right. Oh, man. Well, so good, good times and hard times on, on the bike in Leadville. Well, so today, clearly your mind's in a better spot. Yes. Bikes are remaining to define your lifestyle in a positive way. You took time. You remarried. Mm. Now, bef before the blog died, uh, Lisa actually made a few episodes. Oh, yeah. How did you, how did you introduce her? What was the name you called her? Oh, the hammer. Um, and she is well, she is well nicknamed. Um, she got that nickname, uh, during a different race. It was a road race and, uh, it, it is, uh, a, a road race from Moab, Utah to St. George, Utah. Uh -huh. it takes about 30 hours. Uh, it's a relay. Uh, you change, you change riders every four, uh, you know, every 20 miles or so. And she was, passing racer after racer did not matter whether they were young old male female she was just clobbering people and right. i uh was crewing at the at that moment you you're either crewing or racing in that in that okay. race and i leaned out the window i, I was not driving <laughs> and i yelled your nickname is now the hammer uh, and <laughs> and she has been that from uh, from that point forward she has um and i need to check my spreadsheet but i think she it, this is her 17th finish okay that she will be doing and you know she and i've only been married 13 years so uh, she was doing she was racing leadville uh, well before she and I were any kind of thing. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Has she done any Leadville events that you have not? Oh, yeah, the, the the whole Leadville. <laughs> Man, she has done the. Old, I've done. Uh, I've done the stage race. You know, just last week oh, yeah. for the first time. I've done the Silver Rush uh -huh. and I've done the Leadville 100. Uh -huh. Of course, a lot. Um, having done the Lead Woman, she's she's. Get done everything you guys have served up. <laughs> so, well, well, at least in this town, I, I, you know, I, um, I have not done, um, well, I've done the Crusher and the Tusher, which is a lifetime event now, but yeah. I, I, um, you know, I, I haven't really gone out of state apart from Utah and Colorado for racing, but she, she did and destroyed the, the lead woman. It was such an honor to watch that. Well, you know, I only say that so I get to say, you know, Leadville was founded on the backs of strong women yeah. like Unsinkable Molly Brown and Baby Doe Tabor. Um, now, do you and Lisa have any competitive children? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there is Melissa Rollins, who is Lisa's bio daughter and my stepdaughter. And she is a uh, she is doing the Lifetime Grand Prix. Uh -huh. As we speak at this moment, she is the sixth place woman tied for sixth, I should say, with Rose freaking Grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, top... That I mean, goodness, you better work towards a manager position with her. 
Oh, she she has a manager. She has her pro team. It has been a while since she has needed any advice from the well, likes yes. of me. Now, but that's a good leader into my next question as well. She was going to line up for her first Leadville, and we were all out on a group ride, and what happened? Mm, oh man, I <laughs> that that that's that's a story that you should probably tell. <laughs> so, uh, on one of your your infamous uh, pre Leadville group rides, I where thought you take this people, was not, I thought you were in charge of this. <laughs> This was your ride, baby. I was I had oh never God, been on this so trail I before. Broke her. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's okay, true. this is going the wrong way. Abort. Oh. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, so, so I thought this was just going to be an easy peasy group ride. We were riding on the mineral belt loop and just and then suddenly you veer off onto single track. And Melissa had been uh, living and working in Leadville, and I, so I she had been on it before. I want to take a time out and think maybe Dell was responsible. <laughs> Dell Surge, I'm throwing you under the bus oh. now. It, it, as long as we don't blame me, that is fine. <laughs> but so you know, the folks who do, who listen to this and have not ridden with Cole before should know that Cole is a very talented technical rider. I mean, that might cool. come from, you know, years on a moto and years on skateboards and y- years on BMX bikes, but he's great on, on the techie downhill stuff. And he and some of his buddies took off. Lisa and I, who are cautious middle-aged people, were <laughs> well behind and content to be so. Melissa has her mom's spirit, but not her mom's age, and was absolutely not going to be dropped by these yahoos. She dropped me. <laughs> okay. I was behind her. For the record, she dropped me like a bad habit. And then she dropped herself and uh, went down hard, uh, hurt her hurt her leg, and this is two days before the race. She still put in a good effort trying to finish, um, but I think had to pull the plug at around mile 40. It was just uh, it was just too painful. And um, the next time she returned, what happened? Um, honestly, I might need to ask you that. She I think she has she has finished with a lot of us. Um, she, she finished with her mom one time. She finished with her friend one time. She finished, uh, the first time she finished sub nine, uh, she finished, uh, with me. Uh, we crossed, uh, we crossed, uh, hold, I have a great photo of she, she and me holding our arms, uh, up in the air together. Uh, she was riding on a, an, Ibis uh, frame. I was happy to say I, I, I did, it didn't mean to turn this into an Ibis ad, but it, it was an Ibis that I had ridden and finished uh, with her uh, had ridden a previous year as a single speed right. uh, the first time her mom had finished sub nine. So oh, that, frame, that frame had a little bit of magic. In that it. has some but, mojo. <laughs> but um, then uh, last year, she um, I, and I, I am happy to say that I encouraged her to do the lead boat, which is okay. the Leadville 100 with steamboat gravel. She uh-huh. had been doing great, had been getting some fast times and was getting, you know, regionally some sponsorship, but didn't have a, a, a real big sponsor. She took sixth place in the Leadville 100, went and did the next day and rode with all of the fast pros 
at uh, Steamboat Gravel. And the next day, or maybe it was the same, it was the same day while we were having dinner after the race, uh-huh. she got a, a, a DM from uh, the uh, from the manager of Team 2024 saying, got a team? <laughs> <laughs> and now she is on Team 2024. And pro she went. Yep. And we talked about your cycling. We talked about your goals. The moral here is that you haven't really slowed down. Mm. She's picking <laughs> up. Um, uh, the bike that you're on proves that you haven't really gotten much smarter either. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're That's a master true. of advice and you know, your show gives a lot of that to our family members. If there's only one piece of advice for getting your family members that line, tell me what's that piece, the, mm. the best piece that you've heard, not that you've given the best. Uh, I, it probably what I told you about with Kenny. Um, but I, I would say the best piece I've heard, and I've repeated every piece of advice I've ever heard, usually not giving any attribution, but <laughs> the, uh, I would say it is don't quit. Um, every time I do this race at some point, I will have a conversation with a demon and oh, yeah. that demon will say, you have no business on this course. What are you doing here? What are you trying to prove? Is there something that you are going to have uh, it, that is going to be better in your life because you are doing this? And, oh, man, the, the it, it sounds stupid right now, but, man, it is compelling when you are hurting. Yes, it is. And learning to ignore your, or, better yet, laugh at your demons yeah. is probably the advice I have heard and would give that okay. it's, you know, that they're out there, be prepared for them, <laughs> tell them that you'll have this conversation later, but there is, um, I don't know, so many people I have heard tell stories about how they just, you know, had an epiphany, you know, it's always at around mile 80 that I need to spend more time with my family. Yeah. <laughs> or, or God. or uh-huh. oh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah and, and it is, you know, and they're, and they're going to choose this moment while you're going at, you know, at a 30% grade to start spending more time with your family. It's like, nope. <laughs> it's, I tell you what, in a couple hours, spend more time with your family, but right. they aren't missing you that bad. Right. No, they're not. They, they, <laughs> they're fine. They sacrificed a lot. <laughs> They'd rather see you get there and spend time with you. Yep. It's, I mean, fine for whatever, you know, next year, whatever. Right. But once you have started on the finish line, if there is any way you can get to the finish line and I don't care about time. It's just getting across. Right. Man, it just feels good. <laughs> it right. just feels so right. good to cross that finish line. And it's a nice finish line. Uh, yes. you know, that that uh I mean I really have no idea if uh if it was planned that way, but just the the view down at the stoplight. Was there a stoplight on Harrison yeah, and Sixth yeah. uh, ever since the beginning? Okay, yeah. so there always has been a stoplight yes. in Leadville. So the, it, that okay, one, <laughs> that, that one. But um, man, just looking down and seeing the red carpet just lined up perfectly on the center. Oh man, it's uh, you know, of course, it's boosted by your 
by what you're carrying with you. But oh man, mm-hmm. what an inspiring sight! If you you are a cold person, if you don't uh, tear up a little bit when you get there, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's designed to change your life. Yeah, for sure, it has, it has. Okay, now I got three ones from you that I, I mean. You can be short and quick, but you do this crap to everybody on Facebook. <laughs> so, tires, which ones? Okay, uh, easy. I am riding with uh, Maxis Ardent Race, um, and they will be either two twos or two three fives. Match set. Um, usually a match set, but I am uh, I've been fooling around a lot lately with a uh, with two two in the back and two three five in the front. You excluded full tail or hard tail, and why? Oh man, here's here's the thing. So I, my wife has been riding a hard tail for a long time, and just recently bought herself a, a specialized Epic, mm-hmm. and then decided that she prefers a hard tail. And so when I'm not on the single speed, I have been riding this brand new specialized Epic that she bought. And holy cow, full <laughs> suspension has gotten good oh, yeah. <laughs> in the last several years. And I, you know, I've been riding in Breckenridge and I've been riding the college trails and uh-huh. I've been riding up. There's that incredible single track. Most people who ride Le- Leadville don't realize that if you keep going when you're on, when you're on Hagerman's <laughs> and you, there you eventually get to the Colorado Trail, yeah, and that is the most gorgeous piece of single track around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, but Leadville is just chock full of of great single track. I've been riding that full suspension bike, and I'm like, okay, I've learned a few things. Um, so <laughs> hardtail, it's always been for me, and it's what I'm going to keep doing. You know, at least this, you know, in, in you know next weekend. Uh huh. But oh man. The the case I used to make against full suspension is simply no longer true. The, okay. uh, full suspension is uh, light and fast and comfortable, and I may if my wife decides she wants this epic back, I may have to get one for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm heading to. Just let's be clear about all that. <laughs> Okay, final one. We for sure don't agree here because I never pushed one as strong. What's your single speed gearing going to be? I just had Brian at Cycles of Life change (laughs) my gearing from uh, the rear cog from a 20 to a 19. So Okay. On the front. What's your front? 34. So my my fastest year, my 18 or my 8 hours and 20 finish time, on a single speed was with a 34.19. And that's... I, man, if I don't want to spin out on the flats, I got, I, I, I don't have, I don't have a fast cadence. I don't. I got watts for days, but I do not have, <laughs> I, have I no do watts. not, I got no fast twitch, man. I just don't. It's not there. <laughs> okay. I, I completely understand. I mean, you've definitely gotten results with right there, you know, so I can't say anything. What's the future hold for Eldon? Um, well, uh, this year's, uh, with you know, knock on wood again, uh, th- is going to be year 24. After that, I find out if Ken gives you a special jacket or belt for year 25. 30. Um, 
for 30. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I guess <laughs> there you go. I guess you just told me what my future is. No, Lisa and I were talking about this. So I am, you know, I'm I'm at my 25th in a couple, in not well, next year in 2023. And then, you know, two years after that, Lisa gets her 20. But uh-huh. then two years after that, I'm about set for my for my 30. And then, two, you know, two years after that, she's set for her 25. It's like, you guys have, sp- have pretty cleverly engineered this so that there's no, you know, there's no exit off this ride. That uh, yeah, I could no, you, the 30 <laughs> looks like body armor for the 300. I mean. <laughs> now, you haven't given, uh, when is the first? We've never, so they're on, they're. On twenty eight, aren't they? I I was wondering that. I, I was think figuring that they're myself, on twenty eight, mm-hmm. and so, so. But for the run, there sure. is a guy we refer to as Mister Leadville, and his name is Bill Finkbeiner yep. out of California, and he's got a thirty year man. I I am not going to necessarily worry about sub nine after my twenty fifth finish, okay. but I I have a hard time i mean literally half my adult life <laughs> on the second saturday in august i have been here and you know it, i asked myself the question at what point do i stop and right. i don't have an answer for that and so i guess i guess i keep going until i simply can't do it anymore that's a great answer for me <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eldon, we go way back, amigo. I love you, and it's been a fun ride. I love you Um, too, Cole. Thank you for having me on your podcast the other week. I'm so sorry it's been so long (laughs) to get you on mine. And uh, even though this will be a little bit after the race, I'm super excited to share the trail with you, even though you're going to be a handful of miles ahead of me this year. So so this comes out after the race. So by the time we listen or I listen back to this, I'm going to know how it went. Yeah, this might come out literally between the run and bike. I think it's after the run, though. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. So so if I do really bad, can you edit out the parts where I talk about it? Oh, what if I do really bad it's my 10th what if i do real bad oh man there is no real bad if you know as long oh, as oh yeah there is yeah if we get across the finish line then there's no real then bad. there there's no uh, i mean we're going to give it we're going to give it everything we're right? going to give it hell absolutely and we'll and if if something happens that i don't get across the finish line then i simply won't give you this audio file <laughs> fair yeah. enough oh man good talking with you man thank you very much boy do I ever enjoy catching up with my buddy Eldon I hope you did too Uh, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts if you tell me you haven't heard a fatty's uh, LT100 mountain bike podcast I wouldn't believe you but if you haven't checked it out yet please do so there as well Please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And as always, we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville. It was all jokes and silly stories. Oh, shit, Eldon. What's up? I got to start. Oh, oh. <laughs> we can edit that out. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what's up? I thought that we didn't pause? have it recording. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we do. I think we are recording. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember where I was.